When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and uh, welcome back to the Home and Away podcast. My name is Albert Gim, also known as Garbage Time Gim, here, uh, part of the No Ceilings NBA family. And uh, I'm sure you guys heard from last week's episode with Stephen Gillespie. Uh, we're going to have a rotating cast of hosts for this show every Tuesday. And this week, it's my turn. And uh, with me, and he's going to be with me every time we record is a man that is near and dear to my heart a close friend of mine uh josh lee josh if you can go ahead and introduce yourself because you are uh new to the no ceilings uh universe but also not new because you've been kind of riding with us from day one but if josh you could introduce yourself to our listeners Yo, this is your play partner, Josh Spice here, straight out of los angeles <laughs> no, but, hey uh this is josh lee um at Instagram, at Josh Spice, little self-promo there. But um, no, we're just super hyped to be here. I am, I don't know, a fanatic about different things, right? And two of the things I'm fanatic fanatic about are uh, sports and style and money and how those things all kind of uh, conflate together. And I thought um, No Ceilings being an incredible like basketball platform, um, mm-hmm. I'm interested and I've always been more interested in the storylines and narratives and the money-making opportunities that evolve mm-hmm. and exist within the sports. So that's a, a little bit of what I bring. Yeah. Um, first off, we love any and all No Ceilings praise. So uh, that's probably why Josh is here today as well. No, but um, all kidding aside, it's uh, really great to be here, guys. And um, I'm sure, I mean, if you know who I am, if you know me as the other half of the Draft Act NBA podcast, shameless plug, um, we here at No Ceilings, we're trying to diversify our bonds this year. Uh, Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang Financial, you know, we're trying to do more stuff, more fun stuff. We want to obviously last year we kind of threw our hat in the ring and said, hey, we're going to cover a lot of NBA draft stuff. And we want to continue to do that. But we also want to talk about different things as well. Obviously, basketball related. Uh, We want to continue to talk about the draft. We want to incorporate more of the NBA. And I think where Josh and I come in is we want to talk a lot about NBA players, college players, but also like the different opportunities that are available to them on and off the court. Um, as Josh mentioned, Josh is super into style. And if you were to ever meet Josh Spice or see him in the street, you'd see that this guy uh, would be dominating league fits or any of those different sites or channels or whatever, super into fashion. And we have a lot of buddies around us in our uh, community that we're a part of that are super into fashion as well. And um, I, I think for us, what we want to be able to do on this pod is talk to you guys a lot about 
um, marketing these players and how there are opportunities for these players to tap into a world where they can do a lot more than just be athletes. And I think that's kind of where we are in our day and age today, where players are looking for different opportunities off the court. I, you know, I was talking to Josh this past weekend. He was talking about how Kevin Durant's got a production company. LeBron James has a production company. Seems like everybody has a production company. Or, or Yeah, or a podcast, right? Like even I was on TikTok the other day and Pat Beverly's on a podcast now uh, with, um, I, forgot, I think the guy's name's Roan. He used to be a battle rapper. Maybe he still is. I don't know. But um, yeah, so that's kind of like the gist of what we want to do every time you see our beautiful Asian faces on uh, the screen or you hear our voices. And so before we get into all that, I think Josh and I, what we wanted to do today is give you guys a little intro of us, like we as people, but also like we as friends. Um, the reason why we decided to do this pod is because we are such close friends, close brothers, and we kind of wanted to share, I guess, our journey as friends and our friendship and the things that we're into um, is kind of where I wanted to start. So Josh, I know you introduced your Instagram handle and like what you're into and stuff like that, but if you can kind of introduce your journey and where you are and what you're doing to our listeners so we can get a, a, a better understanding of who you are. Let's round you out as a person is what I'm uh, hoping to do to start. Yeah, I have, um, I think for me, how to, how to get to know me is like, I have this incredible desire to be bi-coastal and uh, I've always loved both coasts and I've always, I'm originally from New Jersey um, by way of Queens. And, but I always had this desire, this dream to live out in California, see what Los Angeles was like. And about eight, nine years ago, I moved to LA and I've really made my adult life out here. I've become, um, this has really become my entire persona. My entire pursuit is really um, not only making my way out here, but also uh, enriching the communities out here, chipping in where I can and giving back to the communities that um, I live in and thrive in, whether that's Koreatown, Filipino Town, Silver Lake, where I've kind of resided. Um, and I think the the things that I've really, in that desire to be bi-coastal, the things that have really locked me into both coasts have been my sports affiliations, right? right. So um, I'm diehard. I, it's, it's hard to say diehard when you're a Yankee fan, I guess, but I'm, the Yankees were my first love. Baseball was my first love. Um, but also being like, you know, from the tri-state area, you, I grew up, loved the Knicks as well. Right. Like I remember Larry Johnson in 99 in the four point play. That's one of my fondest basketball memories, memories of all time. Right. And so I had those, uh, those kind of two loves in my life springing me out from, um, kind of holding me to the East and that's mm -hmm. how I follow all this kind of stuff. Um, and then when I came out to the West coast, I, I really had no desire to change allegiances at all. Like I'm, mm -hmm. I think loyal to the soil is kind of interesting here. Like I know, especially when we're talking about the markability of players, like there's going to be a new generation of fans who are very player centric, who have followed the LeBrons yeah. and the KDs, um, across their entire career and kind of seeing what team they, they, they go to and support that team. But mm -hmm. for me, it's always been, staying loyal to one team. I think that's what makes sports fun. Not saying that y'all are wrong for liking players and rooting for teams of players. Maybe we'll talk about that more later. But um, I think the one thing I had room in my heart for really was um, was was soccer. I love soccer from when I was a kid. Love following the Korean national team. Had a, had a Premier League alliance with uh, Manchester United because of Pak Ji-sung, who played out there for many years, right. winning titles along left and right along the way. I was also the captain of the Korean team. But um, – I think the more I found out about soccer culture, I realized like this, I, this, uh, there's this ethos of supporting your local, right? Supporting mm -hmm. your local, everything. I think we have the tidbits of that when it comes to like the Knicks, Yankees, like we know the trains that you have to get to, to go there. 
there, the best right. food around there. But for soccer, it always kind of felt out of touch. The Red Bulls were never really like a part of my periphery here. Mm. So when I came to L.A., I really wanted a team. And I found uh, Los Angeles Football Club, LAFC, was starting right when I moved here. Mm-hmm. And um, I just jumped on. I had some friends who were, were involved pretty early on. And now um, I'm one of the leaders of the Koreatown chapter of the LAFC supporters group or a fan club. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would be familiar with. But, yeah, I've really kind of meshed and melded my love for sports and community together through that. So, mm-hmm. you know what, I'm. I do a lot of the Twitter stuff. I do a lot of the IG stuff. I'm liking, retweeting, reblogging, all that stuff as we go along for sports, especially. Right. But I really try to live that out on uh, in the communities in LA to really make sure that the impact around community and soccer right. and sports in general, um, enriching the community through sport, you know, mm-hmm. making fields accessible, all that stuff. That's a big part of um, um, kind of my mission of, of right. what what I'm doing out here. But also, I think that's a uh, we have a lot of players involved in that kind of pursuit of making the world better through sport as well. So I think that's kind of where I find my cor- correlation. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, Josh, something that you just said that I think is going to be, I, I think we could call it kind of like a linchpin of what we want to talk about as we go over these players and get into these players and talk about their marketability. What you just mentioned in terms of local teams, local support, local fandom all that stuff i think is really really important for us to talk about and kind of lay a foundation because as we start talking about different players different cities different teams whatever it's really important for us to remember that the way that we perceive a player and the idea that we have of a certain player or a team isn't necessarily going to be the status quo Right. Depending on where the player is playing and the city that they're a part of, the community that they're a part of, I think is going to have a huge effect on their marketability, on the different opportunities that are going to come to them. I mean, look, if we look at a guy like Kevin Durant, we've already mentioned him a couple of times. I mean, look, we probably know that he left Golden State because he felt like he was under the shadow of Stephen Curry. I think we can say that. Right. But at the same time, part of the reason why he left, too, I think, was because of the different opportunities that came with him being in New York, right? Being a part of Brooklyn. And the same reason why I think he left, um, not Golden State, he left uh, Oklahoma City, right? Being in a small town, being a part of that culture, I think he wanted to move on to a different area and then maybe potentially be perceived differently and have different opportunities, right? So I think everything that you're saying about like the local part of sports, I think is really interesting and something hopefully we'll get, you know, more to have more opportunities to talk about. And um, yeah, and you know what, for for Josh, you know, you talked about like your sports fandom and stuff like that, but something you and I definitely connect with a lot is we love watching movies. We love watching what we call, um, well, sorry, Maybe the ringer would call uh, prestige TV or whatever. I mean, like we we were watching House of the Dragon. I know you're into the Rings of Power and all yeah. these things. You know, there's a lot of content that we consume, and we also want to throw in here. You know, as we talk about players and talk about all this stuff, we also want to throw in some of the pop culture or little zeitgeist type of stuff that we want to throw in here and talk about as well, because that is what's going to make us pretty distinct and interesting, you know? And for me personally, you know, Josh and I, we go back a long time. We've known each other since we were, what, 14, 13, 14 years old, right? Uh, We've known each other for a very long time. We actually grew up together in church. Um, And then, you know, my wife and I moved out to L.A. about four 
years ago. And Josh was a pivotal, if not the most important person in helping us getting uh, get situated here in L.A. and finding communities and finding and making L.A. a home. Josh was a huge part of that and is somebody that we I see you maybe two times a week right now. Um, but the reason why we wanted to come together and do this pod if, if i can kind of wrap up put a bow on this section of it's our because pod all today. our friends are tired of us talking about <laughs> sports in front of them so we decided to do this in a more measured way we've gotten active complaints we have how, um, no one understands what the hell we're talking about and what we're obsessed with so we have we have great friends shouts to jj dave everybody in our lives um but, you know, they don't necessarily love the things that we love and talk about all the time. So we found that this is probably a better outlet for all the stuff that we want to talk about and um, touch on, you know. So, yeah, I'm really I'm really hoping um, for the difference of um, active listenership versus passive listenership, which is what I find. <laughs> the latter is what I find most of the time in my life in my waking hours. So, um, no, I'm excited to to have this uh, forum and platform, man. And um yeah, I'm sorry. Wrap 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 up the bow mm-hmm. thing. I think we, then no, we can talk no. about what what uh what, what we're calling good. this damn thing. It's good. I I hope you actively listen to what I have to say, and <laughs> I actively listen to what you have to say. Okay, so this is actually so like our first kind of segment that we want to do now. Josh actually came up with this segment. We want to continue to you know introduce ourselves to you guys. So we want to what what do we call this? Like a sports hero, Mount Rushmore. How do you want to go about this part? Yeah, it's like uh. Yeah, I guess a hero Mount Rushmore is good. Mm-hmm. I think we'll, um, you know, it's episode one where I think we're teasing out what kind of segments would work and kind right. of, yeah, kind of uh, muscling out different different test ways. Kitchen. So I thought, uh, yeah, test kitchen, test mm-hmm. kitchen style. I thought um, for the first one here today, we might do a little past, mm-hmm. present, future of our um, sports heroes, our Mount Rushmores. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe I set off a pass, you go present and future. How about that? Because you are kind of a looking ahead kind of guy. Okay. Oh, so wait, I, you're doing past and I'm doing yeah. present and future? Yeah, present and oh, future. Sure. Cool. Okay. Cool. I thought we were okay. doing one each, but it doesn't matter to me. Let's just let's just keep it three. Let's keep it three. Simple. Okay, cool. Cool. Trinity cool, cool. number. Come on. Church is here. <laughs> Church is live. Um <clears throat> my past, my past hero. I think, and this is the the guy we set the table for a lot of the way I think about how an athlete should move and act mm-hmm. in the world and in his own life, and his uh, his life being uh the one and only Derek Jeter, the captain, mm. the captain of my entire youth, the understanding of not only incredible Hall of Fame bat and Hall of Fame glove, fuck everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, <laughs> screw this. Uh, yeah, screw everyone who says that he's, he doesn't have a good glove. But mm. you look at all the gold gloves, count them, count them. Um, mm. But mm. the man has 3,000 plus hits, yeah. had the clutch gene, everything you need out of a player, right. hitting out of the number two hole, also wore the number two. And as Albert and I know as as uh, as card collectors, the number, okay. the numerology of things, mm. two of something feels incredible, right? So mm-hmm. having that that cemented as there. But also with Jeter, you not only had this on the field charisma and on the field kind of um on the field kind of excellence here, but the off the field charm of mm-hmm. the man, the way that he would kind of the the New York press were vultures, right? They mm-hmm. are brutal. They are har- for the most part, I think, horrible people. Um, he had them eating out of the out of his palm every mm-hmm. single game after every post game. No one ever uh, maligned him for saying anything. He just knew how to say exactly what to say without giving away too much, but also mm-hmm. never never selling out his players, never selling out his coach, um, and just like kind of control the media. And the third prong of this is that. 
I mean, just the history, the dating history, incredible. Mm, like, mm. who knows? Who knows if the gift true. basket story is true? It's, it's true. But <laughs> just the fact that that aura, that allure mm. exists within one person with with a six million dollar to twenty million dollar apartment in the in the middle of New York City, like for you to to roll like that in the city and to be anonymously there is. Um, like a feat, man. You can't be mm. dating Mariah Carey, living in the city, and also have the same kind of anonymity that Derek Jeter has. Mm. And that's the kind of person he is. I think people still strive to be like him. That's why I think people like the current day players geek out whenever he makes a visit. So, mm. yeah, Jeter is the you know Mount Rushmore of my past for me. Man. Mm. He, he kind of encapsulates a lot, a lot for that. Okay, okay. Couple thoughts, couple thoughts. Because you're the Jeter guy, you absolutely love Derek Jeter. Mm-hmm. I also love Derek Jeter, but I don't think I love him to the extent that you do, right? Uh, for me, when you were talking about his defense and all the gold gloves, it immediately reminded me of, you know that... Um... Oh, you cut out that one. You see, you, you try to slander the God. That's what happens. You see? <laughs> I Look at that. You on my mic. Um, Albert, no, Albert's trying to talk shit, talk, talk, snap about, uh, talk crap about some of the gold gloves, and he turns off his microphone like, like, a, like a clumsy oaf. I immediately thought of the soccer, the soccer coach clip where he goes, sometimes I may be good, sometimes maybe shit. You know, <laughs> you know that one? Shout out Gattuso, the God. Oh, is that who it is? Okay. Um, I immediately thought of that because I always thought Jeter was okay with the glove he's iconic for the jump throw obviously i did have a question josh don't kill me for this i'm i'm asking this mm-hmm. um as a genuine question right so recently Derek jeter got his documentary the captain yes okay they shot it in the way that they shot like the last dance for michael jordan right the whole long thing for me a small part of me really wondered like did jeter deserve that documentary you know like so michael jordan the greatest basketball player of all time right uh-huh. anyone who's younger uh, younger than 25 would say also uh, uh, they'll probably say lebron which i don't agree with but it's fine whatever for michael jordan he was consistently the greatest player of his generation for a very long time so a last dance type of documentary makes sense to me as much as I love Derek Jeter, you mentioned all the accol- accolades, 3,000 hits, whatever. I felt like giving him a doc felt a little over the top. Now you can tell me why I'm why wrong. Why you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think, agreed. I think Michael, Michael is, Michael Jordan is the most important athlete in the last 50 years, right? Let's just say that. Like I, his influence, I mean, look at, the first billion dollar man, right? That that's come out of sports as a player, um, and all of his investments, right? I think that's he's kind of like unreachable in that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that the sport of basketball and baseball are are quite different in terms of like there's five players on the court versus True. nine on the field, right? True. And so the influence that one person has on winning is debatable, right? Mm-hmm. But I think Derek, it's more, it's as all the off the field stuff yep. mixed in with okay. the five championships in New York. Hmm. Um, and like, there's no bigger baseball star outside of Barry Bonds, I'd say in, in, in our, in that area that we're talking about hmm. and no one, and Barry doesn't want to talk or no one wants to talk to Barry right now. So Yikes. I think it's a mix of that. I think I, the, it made sense. I think also ESPN and kind of the East coast media loves to build up yeah. 
exact guys who've um, survived the gauntlet that they put them through. So mm-hmm. Jeter being like the the A1 case of that, they wanted mm-hmm. to give him a doc. Yeah. Got that. For the even as a Yankee fan, I'd say for like the 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 narrative push or the the attractiveness of the doc reception afterwards, mm-hmm. I'd say it's just it's it's just kind of tough. I think Derek Derek's sound bites have always been so clean, yeah. right? Yeah. Mike, yeah. <laughs> Mike, since he's been out of the league, and people knew this of him at the league too. And we sound we definitely found that out in the last dance, was like he was a shark and a killer, and he yeah. and he was probably not a morally great person and the manipulative how he was mm. i think Derek was smooth michael was a killer and so yeah. i think maybe that doesn't play as well on camera in a reality tv series um but i think the reasons i said before about it about the rings winning in new york biggest biggest star in baseball's pastime in the yeah. last you know in that era and also like dating history like you he didn't even touch on that that's, <laughs> that's what they wanted to build him up. i i get i get what you're saying but i think mm-hmm. If I thought about any other star or who, who would represent baseball yeah. in that way, it was there. Yeah. Okay. No, that's fair. That's fair. I it just yeah. I thought of it very just like a, I don't know. Just at a base level, I was like, look, Michael was for a long time the best at his sport. It makes sense to me. But you make a good point. And, and honestly, the point that you make speaks exactly to what we want to cover on this pod, right? Like the off the court stuff with Jeter was unbelievable. He just gave a couple of quotes last week that I thought were incredible talking about the current Yankees. So it's yeah. that. Okay, so I'll go. Right. My current or sorry, my present star sports hero is actually not from a New York team. And you're going to give me a lot of crap for it. But I like this guy and I want to have a conversation about him. So uh, recently uh, I was at Josh's house and we were talking about like, what is it like for people our age to buy jerseys? Because we still do. At least I still do. And I think, no, Josh, you do, too, as well. What is it like to be at our age and to potentially buy the jersey of a player who doesn't play for one of our favorite teams. And the reason why this conversation came up was because I really, really love watching these two players. And one of them is Luca. Luca is incredibly fun for me to watch and I think is also marketable. And the other player that I really enjoy is Cade Cunningham. These two guys, actually, sorry, you know what? I'll leave Cade to be my future. Okay. So my present right now is Luca. My future is Cade. So they're, and honestly, they can both kind of flip flop because Luca's so young. He could be a part of the future as well. But my thing with Luca that I love so much is that he has, I think, he's inherited the spirit of the Gen Zers today and what i mean by that is he is very much aware of his star power he's very much aware about his influence on the court and off the court i think like every time it's the off season the paparazzi or whatever they find him on the streets just smoking cigarettes drink not that he smokes cigarettes i don't think he was smoking but just like drinking a beer having a good time enjoying like a huge spread on this gigantic beautiful table in europe somewhere and he's just enjoying himself and i love that aspect of luca because i really think he's the type of guy right now where he's like oh like he looks at the rest of the league he looks at like like the landscape of the stars and he's like oh this league is mine right now like i can have it right now Giannis, cool you're good you want a title i'm coming for your throat 
right? LeBron, you're old. I'm coming for your throat. I feel like Luca has this energy about him where he knows that he's great. And also he's very much himself and doesn't care what the world thinks about him so much. And I don't know if that's like a Euro thing. I don't know. I'm not from Europe. Uh, Josh has been to Italy before, so he's probably a Euro guy uh, here. I've on also the been to France. So, oh, I-, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Can you respect, respect my time, please? <laughs> Um, so Josh is probably our Euro uh, expert here. I've never touched Earth uh, in Europe before, um, <laughs> but but I think with Luca, he he's this. Once again, it's the mix, right? He knows he's great. He's got no fear about it, and he's bold about it. And on top of that, like in his personal life, off the court, whatever, he's like, cool. You can take photos of me drinking a beer. I do not care because. Even if I drink this beer and maybe I'm a little doughy around the edges, I'm going to step on the court and dominate all your favorite stars. So that's my present guy uh, that I love about Luca, uh, that I love that I love so much. Luca and my future guy is Cade. And the reason why before I love we Cade, go before we jump on sure, Cade, I, sure. I just want to hit on a couple of points. Maybe this is a little fun, a little fun segment idea we have here. Mm-hmm. After what you said about the beer and like I can show, I don't mind you having fun. I have a celebrity comp for Luca. Uh oh. We're talking about Luka Doncic is comparative to the one and only Rihanna. <laughs> Rihanna, social media presence, okay, incredibly chill. Uh, she'll, uh, she knows the pops are out there watching her sunbathing. She'd be eating. She'd be going on dates, like hooking up with guys, and then and her extensive list of like very rich, handsome, wealthy men who have courted okay. her. All that stuff is out there, and she's just having a blast, having fun, and. Um, but not only does she do that, and she can show up that side, she's a businesswoman, crazy successful, mm-hmm. and everyone's waiting for her to body her next album because they know what she's mm-hmm. capable of. But I think mm-hmm. the idea of like the lack of polish or finesse around the social media life, I think gives it um it makes it makes them really likable to me. I've always li- loved Rihanna because of that. Because like when you see her like on the one re- recorded segment she goes on interview segment, she's either like flirting with ASAP Rocky or mm. she's going on Seth uh, Seth Myers' show, and then they're just getting drunk together at a bar and talking. Mm. I'm like, that's like a ridiculous thing for your agent to be like, do that. That's your that's your thing. But like, I think it really speaks to like her star power and her confidence. And I think mm. Luca has that in spades. I'd say the one the one thing that kind of bothered me about Luca in the past was that there was a, after his rookie year, mm-hmm. there was this incredible desire to crown him early as what mm-hmm. you're saying now about coming for the throat and like about going after Giannis, going after Braun and all those guys. And I think Luca definitely thinks like that, which is what makes probably one of the reasons what makes him great. But I think the way that the NBA kind of news cycle, like made this guy the hero, mm-hmm. even though the team constructed around him was absolute trash. Like, and maybe that's part of it too. I was like, okay, it's too early. I don't think you've earned that yet. Mm-hmm. I do think that after the run last year and especially mm-hmm. coming to this year where mm-hmm. it seems like he's figured a lot of things out, yeah. um, maybe that's the conversation is ripe for now. And I think yeah. that's a great addition to the present list. I'd say, Josh, uh, New York Knicks legend Tim Hardaway Jr. would like a word uh, in terms of you calling the supporting <laughs> cast. Right. I actually liked him. I liked it. I liked it when he got drafted too. <laughs> Two-time Nick Legend. Um, once a Nick. Hey. Oh, also, one, uh-huh. one Lucas speaking Spanish with Blake Griffin oh, in Mexico. Yes. The best. Star power. Like wattage. Mm-hmm. Like you can see, like the boys blowing up. 
<laughs> it's and just having him compare to Blake Griffin in that way, you just see trajectories going on and off. I I love the Rihanna comp, um, and also like as you were describing the Rihanna comp in my mind, I was like, yeah, that's a really good one. But also, if things go really bad, the better comp might be Ben Affleck. Is uh, where my head went to. <laughs> that's that's actually really good. The dunk the Duncans and the cigarettes, mm-hmm. the cigarettes, the 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 absolute face of anguish. Um, but also like Ben Affleck just dates really hot women and he loves you know having them taking photos of him and these beautiful women all the time he's married now to j-lo right that's yeah that's i think they got, yeah Get back to gilo so, legends to okay. i mean luca 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 had better teeth than ben back in the day so i think mm. he, he got a one up on that he might have avoided the ben curse <laughs> okay so that's my present Oh, guy. My future one's Cade. Now, Cade is a little bit difficult for us and what we're trying to do because Cade is way more reserved in terms of his persona. Cade is the silent killer. He is the... There, there aren't really like too many frills to his game, which is why for me as like a basketball nerd is the reason why I love watching Cade so much. Even heading into this 2022-23 season, I actually spent like a legit week just watching Cade Cunningham film through his rookie season. And I can't tell you, I mean, I mentioned this to Corey a little bit, but I can't tell you how much I love watching that guy play basketball. And I, and for me, if I think about him as a star and a star persona, I would say we would definitely pull a lot of his persona from what he shows on the court. Cause I don't think there's much there off the court. I, I don't know. I could be dead wrong, but he isn't that loud, like effervescent type of personality. That's going to be really, I don't know that entertaining off the court, but there might be a potential there where you start to market him as like a silent killer. Maybe you can even angle him as like, I don't know, maybe even like, Hey, rest in peace, but maybe even like a Kobe type in terms of personality where it's like performance based and all business, no play um, really cares about his craft, things like that. I think that's the opportunity there with Cade. But for me, like the main reason why Cade is my future guy is because of what he actually does on the court is so beautiful for me to watch. And I'm hoping there's an opportunity to kind of take that and tailor it into something more. And he becomes one of the marquee stars of the league very soon, not just because of what he's doing on the court, but maybe there's a way to kind of incorporate that all your thoughts on that. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I like Cade cause he's handsome and we'll talk about that okay. part in a little yeah. bit, you know, that's, that's it for me. He does rap though. I think he does have a rap. Oh. Um, he has kind of a mixtape out, but I do think the quiet persona that follows him. I remember seeing the first time, when I thought um, was fade for Cade, I, I said that mm. as a Nick fan, mm. um, right before, like right after the lockout, not lockout yeah. season, the the COVID season, but yeah. um, his uh, like kind of did like a twenty four seven OK State kind of um, like behind the scenes thing where they followed a day in the life of, and I was like, oh my god, this guy looks like a grown man, like mm. at eighteen, like that stuck out right away, um, and I don't know, I hope that the game stuff and translates into it. I, I like him in Detroit, to be honest. I think. Mm. The the bas- NBA is better when um, it's not just the Bulls like in the middle yeah. of the country like Detroit being a force I think it's good mm. for good for the for the league and for the game too so yeah I can't say I know enough of him but like I'm also like he's playing with Jaden Ivey all of a sudden right, right. I'm, like, I'm, for some reason I'm always like oh I think Jaden Ivey is gonna be the more like popular guy but Cade mm. is it, that team is hinges on how good Cade does and how well Cade plays right so mm. um, as any future pick 
right time will tell. And but I'm excited for it, man. I I'm a fan of Cades too. I just don't watch a lot of Pistons games, so we'll have to kind of tune in. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll put our review of Cades mixtape in uh, in mm-hmm. the comments. Yeah, no, I, I, I just think you know. Also, they brought back like the teal '90s jerseys, and I thought that was really smart of them to do. And I think a lot of teams are doing that right now, tapping into that '90s energy and bringing back '90s courts and all that stuff because those jerseys were the absolute best. They were fantastic. So the Grand, the Grand Hill ones, man. yeah, like dude, Jerry Stackhouse, Stackhouse, like bring those back, and they did. So credit to them. I think that was a really good job. So okay, so we'll wrap on that part of the uh of our pod today and we'll move on to something that so we want to kind of do a hybrid here where we want to introduce something that we'll be doing every single episode but then not necessarily do it either because we want to kind of keep you guys on edge and kind of make you give you a reason to come back next time but what we're hoping to do and we don't really have a theme for it yet i know in our notes josh you put like on and off plus minus but essentially what we're hoping to do is every episode break down one two maybe even three prospects and talk about who they are, why we think they're marketable, and how we would try to market these players. Is, is that a fair description of what we're trying to do, Josh? No, that's that's absolutely correct. Um, I do have kind of, yeah, no, that's correct. We'll, we'll go into my background a little bit. Yeah. But no, I, I love that. It's being like, hey, like, um, what I love about No Ceilings, let me just say like this, No Ceilings and the name of it. I remember Corey and you talking about the name, finding the name of it. It's like, yeah genuinely as a draft podcast what you guys have done so well is that you root for these i mean kids like these students mm-hmm. right to come up right. and the fact that no ceilings really means like we hope that everyone makes it we hope mm-hmm. everyone even the people we're not so high on right. prove us wrong find a new pocket of their game that they unlock and become incredible basketball players for the league and for beyond right mm-hmm. and so i think that idea of like no ceilings and making sure like these guys get paid for their incredible skill and not not only become paid but become an important part of culture on right. top of that is kind of you know, it's the heart of um, this podcast and also mm. the heart of, I think, No Ceilings is that, hey, let's um, let's really make it so these guys pop off. Yeah. Yeah. And, and actually, Josh, this might be the perfect segue. So as we're talking about these players, the reason why, look, I'll be honest with you guys. You guys probably know me by now, but I'm so us doing this pod together, the Home and Away pod, and we're probably have, have like a sub sub name for it for when we hosted. But the the reason why we're doing this pod is I'm kind of like the more basketball e guy and josh the reason why josh is here doing this with me is because this guy is an absolute uh star in his field and he's doing big things in the world of advertisement and marketing and all these things so josh uh i know it's difficult to talk about yourself sometimes but uh if you could tell our listeners a little bit about what you're doing currently and why you would be someone that potentially one day hopefully fingers crossed nba players would want to come to you on advice on how to market themselves and how to advertise themselves because it's something that you're doing currently with nba stars yeah no it's um right now i'm working at an agency that does mostly pepsi frito-lay products and i think the snack kind of industry is interesting right because they've align themselves with hoops culture very closely and very tight-knitly and i i think through my experience through other agencies like i didn't start off with a sports marketing thing i just loved this i just love sports i love ball and naturally i found myself in these rooms after kind of coaxing that out of my bosses was like hey i know this stuff let me let, like let me pitch a couple ideas and eventually it became like hey whenever i worked for 
car companies and Kia and Hyundai who do incredible like Super Bowls and NBA uh, and NBA team sponsorships to more recently, I've worked with uh, Mountain Dew and Ruffles on a lot of NBA All-Star activations, NBA All-Star partnerships. And uh, most recently, I just came off a huge project with Clay Thompson for Mountain Dew and Ruffles with um, LeBron James, Jason Tatum, Asia Wilson and Charles Barkley. And so... Those are those are some of the things that's been going on in like because I love this thing so much and that's like I'm a marketer, I'm a brand person. I've been finding myself in these rooms uh, more and more often where when brands and want to partner with athletes, um, I come in and help out with the creative, like the creative uh, script writing, um, some of the some of the even like full 360, like some of the activation stuff, the experiential. So when you guys walk into an auto show or when you guys walk into all star, if you see like a do booth with like a cool like free throw thing, then um, more than likely myself or someone on my team has thought about that concept. Mm-hmm. And I think what's uh, interesting here is that um, I've gotten to see a lot of firsthand about who really really pops on screen mm-hmm. and who really pops in in, in like um in in a live experiential thing like mm-hmm. for do this year um for the all-star game in 2022 um we partnered with drewski with gunna um and drewski kind of hosted the entire um all-star weekend for ruffles and do and right. then we had like all these players show up. We had Zach Levine out there shooting through uh, in a three-point contest with Dr. Disrespect and all that. So I think the idea here is like I have a pretty decent idea of what sells and what pushes mm. well, what'll play well. And I think um I want more of these, uh, I want more athletes to really engage in that way because, like, mm. hey, I at advertising money makes sure these guys get paid even like even more money. So the better they are as spokespeople, as, as representatives, like the better is for all of us, right? Because mm-hmm. then you not only get better content, but you get players who are really like involved in the process. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a little background on me. Like I love mm-hmm. seeing like the LeBron, I love seeing uninterrupted. I love seeing spring Hill. Right. I love seeing uh, um, even like Katie. So I'm not a huge fan of KD, but I like seeing what him and Rich Kleiman are doing yeah. and seeing what's, what's next with that. Because it sh- there was like this really like this this barrier between athlete and marketing company, mm-hmm. and now if there's more oversight and more overlap, hopefully the content gets better, and hopefully these athletes do feel more ownership over their own content and likeness. And so hopefully I'm uh, become as you said the, the person who can help bridge that with yeah. good ideas and also treating these guys and girls like humans. Mm. No, that's great, man. And you know, so recently we were talking and about some of the projects you've been working on. And I think this is like a really good connecting question to what we we're just talking. Not that I'm uh complimenting my question here, but um uh you mentioned Asia Wilson, right? And something that you said to me, I think this was just like two days ago, right? You were like, dude, Asia Wilson, star, right? And so like when you said that immediately in my head, I was like, Okay, Asia Wilson star. Like I, I believe that when you say it, I believe it, right? However, what I what I was thinking, I was wondering is in your world and in, in your in your context specifically, what is it that you guys are looking for that makes you go, oh, X player star or X celebrity or whoever star? What are what are certain, I guess, like touch points that make you go, okay, this person is a star and we want to invest our money and work with them? Yeah, man. It's um we, we really pride ourselves. I think me and you both pride ourselves on like being able to spot a star when we see one, right? Like we're, we want to make the prediction early about yeah. like, like this, like, I, I think this person is going to really make it. I believe in this person, but I think, you know, living in LA, we r- run across celebrity signs a lot. And we often talk about 
oh, like some of them, oh, they're shorter than I expected or like they're just like kind of acting like normal. What I'm obsessed with, and I think what Hollywood and the, and like all the tabloids are obsessed with is when you see a star, they feel like a star, right? They make you feel like the gravity sucked in towards them, right? Like mm. it's it's that star wattage quality, that it factor that they always talk about. And how is that commodified? I think it's a couple of different ways, man. I think it's um, acting chops. Acting chops is one, right? But the ability to have like this kind of bedside manner on set too of being like, hey, we know these players are being pulled in every direction, but when it's go time, like, what do you look like? Does your game face translate into this kind of extracurricular thing for you to try and try and make money? And um, for Asia, let me just tell you for thing like. She, I mean, there like there's times when she's like conserving energy, right? She's like on her phone and all that. But as soon as the cameras are on, she's like, "What do you need me to do?" And then just one take. It's like one take Drake, right? She she's like, "Asia, we need you to hold the basketball. Give me a smile. Point this way. Say this line." She hits it every single time, right? And the fact is, like, she is so charismatic. And not only can she act, she can dance. Incredible smile. Mm-hmm. And so, like, all these things, like like work for her to 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 become like like super marketable right mm-hmm. after our sh- well on the same set after our 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 day was done spotify had an hour with her to do an interview and then there's they were she was doing a heartfelt interview right after all that comedy Jeez. where she's talking about her mother and her grandmother recently deceased grandmother and just talking about how important it is for her as a black woman to really show young black girls what it means to be you know what it means to what it takes to be in the league mm-hmm. and you know she's like kind of crying through that i'm like the entire spectrum of emotion is on there. And there's a lot of people like, Albert, you've been around these like emotional touch point rooms. Like mm. there are certain people like where the authentic reactions that happen on camera. Yeah. That's, that's, that's so precious. And I right. get why people are weird about taking photos sometimes because mm. that's such a, like uh, a solid kind of little moment to yourself. But those people who are able to share that with the outside world, that's the people that you bet on, especially mm. in this industry. Got it. No, that that makes a lot of sense. That sounds a lot like when we're breaking down prospects and we talk about versatility, right? We want guys who can do multiple things on either side of the court. And it sounds like with these stars, what you guys are looking for is that type of versatility, right? Being able to, and, and like on, on a lot of different levels as well, right? You talked about like the acting and the looks or whatever, the smile, whatever, the the humor, and then also like the emotional aspect of it hitting different touch. But that sounds, that sounds incredible. That, that actually sounds really great. And, and you know, Josh, with that in mind, obviously we're going to be talking about these different players and whatever. And something that's very interesting for us that we're going to be able to dive into is as we cover these college basketball players, these uh, foreign players, G League Ignite, Overtime Elite, whatever, the the new wrinkle of the NIL stuff, right? Name and image likeness stuff is going to yeah. be another really interesting layer for us to cover because up until now, Right. When it came to marketing and advertising, it was pro athletes. These are athletes who are, are drafted to NBA teams or wh- whatever sport it may be. Right. But now due to the new NIL stuff, we're going to be potentially talking about, OK, how can this high school player market himself? How can this college player market himself? From what I understand, I, I think Bronny James, I don't know if he did or is rumored to uh, sign a deal with Nike and stuff like that. Like all of that is really new stuff. Right. And I think that's another thing that's going to be really interesting for us to talk about, because suddenly we may have a conversation of, okay, there's a 16, 17 year old player who is an absolute, as you would call, star in terms of their personality and what they can do on the court. How then can we market 
this 16, 17 year old, let's call it their kids, right? How do we market this kid and turn them into a global star at the as a teenager? I think that is also a very interesting new layer that we're going to be talking about moving forward. Yeah, no, I think that's that's solid, man. I think um, the NIL stuff, I was just even thinking about Cade when you mentioned him. Like, if NIL was just coming around the corner, and I thought, like, Cade is a more quiet, more soft-spoken guy. Like, what could he have done with, like, a full NIL kind of benefit there? And, like, um, like what? how would they have kind of, you know, branded him, benefited him in that way? Um, at the same time, dude, I, I mean <laughs> – the the reaches of and the the tentacles of the marketing arm have already kind of given us a, a showcase. I mean, look at tennis, right? Like mm-hmm. these young girls, 15, 16 years old, right? Um, I, I think Naomi Osaka is 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 the one from a, from a while ago, and now I'm, I'm forgetting um, the the young girl who beat uh, Coco. Who, who, yeah, Coco, Coco, mm-hmm. incredible. Right, signed a New Balance right? right shortly after, right? Just the phenom, like brands know when to take advantage of someone, like and get on the get on the train, a bullet train when when they're hot. And so it'll be interesting, man. I think the the tennis example is incredibly lucrative for these um, for these players. Hopefully, um, with all the the incredible social media presence that these these uh, these young kids are cultivating, you know, they're branding themselves. You know, they're they're turning themselves into kind of long term projects. But I think it's exciting for us to to talk that through because, like, I know, yeah, I've been following Bronny's photographer for like three, four years now. Cool map. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this guy, like mm-hmm. just this young kid who just like was like revolutionizing things as, as, uh, as he took pictures of Bronny and uh, Sierra Canyon, like yeah. dudes, but that dude's been on the scene for a minute. Mm-hmm. So no, excited for to see how that kind of turns. No, for sure. And overall, Josh, I think the biggest thing that we're going to come to see as we talk more and more about it is that we are in such these this is right, right now where we're at is it's the early stages. Right. Like I remember last draft class uh, looking into a guy like Dale and Terry. I was a big fan of his game. I, I think he had like his own website where he was like selling his own merch and selling his own T-shirts. And to be honest, the merch and the T-shirts didn't look the best. They weren't fantastic. But you start to see like, okay, we're now still just starting to feel things out. And I think as we cover more players and we talk about these teenagers, I think it's going to be really interesting. And I think there is going to be a great market that is to this point, still a little untouched, untapped, right? There's so much potential to what we can do or not we, but the world of advertisement can do with these younger players. And I think we're just starting to scratch the surface. So I think that's going to be something that's going to be a lot of fun for us to talk about. And uh, we're kind of getting to the end of our pod today. And we, all we wanted to do was kind of lay a foundation with our listeners today, get you an idea of who we are as people, what this show is going to be about. And the closing segment that we're going to try to do Every single episode is what we call, or we're hoping to call, I don't know, maybe we'll call this, still workshopping a lot of things, but we're, we're thinking about calling it show and tell. And in show and tell, what we want to do is talk about something that we've either watched or experienced in the past week. It, it could be pop culture. It could be an in-person event. It could be something that, I don't know, Josh and I are big shopaholics. We love consumerism. Uh, maybe something that we purchased for, purchased recently, uh, or actually maybe we're at a point where the, the both of us are trying to save money and potentially buy a house. I don't know what life uh, phase you guys are in. but Buy less, buy better. I know. I think we're kind of in a weird place right now. But anyway... <laughs> Um, show and tell, Josh. But why don't you go first? Uh, what's something that you want to introduce to our listeners and talk about? Yeah, I think this is um, kind of on brand for what we're going to do with the podcast. It's uh, first off, I am a YouTube Premium member. Yeah. Um, I just want to say that. Congrats! It's, 
I'm, that means I'm just better than 85% of the people. No, I, it's truly, I feel like I'm flying most. No, days. same. <laughs> I'm with you. I, I can't deal with the ads. No, not anymore. Um, but there's this YouTube channel called athletic interest. Um, that talks about the business of sports. Um, and I think that could be kind of, uh, it's a little dense sometimes, right? You have these Twitter threads about LeBron James's 10 best investments, right? Which is kind of mm-hmm. fun too. Blaze pizza, mm-hmm. all that stuff. But yeah. Um, Athletic Interest, there's a video they made called, uh, or just on Brazil and the Nike sponsorship and how Nike essentially controlled the fate of the World Cup a couple different times. And because they wanted to make Brazil, they wanted to use Brazil, stardom, but also elevate them into this kind of global marketplace. Mm. Um, it talks to you, it talks to you about some of the incredible marketing work, the advertising campaigns that came out through that. The Joga Bonito campaign is is one that comes to mind, but also how that campaign becomes this richer version of the real life thing. And that's what I think people remember the campaign more so than even the World Cup games themselves sometimes. So that I think is a really interesting way. They talk about how much it costs for uh, to design a kit and to sell a kit and to sell a jersey. Um, but yeah, the athletic interest and Brazil and Nike sponsorship. I mm-hmm. find out about find about that. I think that's a uh, yeah, it's quite a good one. Dang, I did not expect you to go. So um, I don't know. Professional are you nerdy. Say, are you gonna say are you gonna say the office right now or something? No, I'm no, it. no, no. I'm I'm a refined gentleman. Okay. I only watch prestige. No, I I love the office. I always have the office playing. You shouldn't shame me for that. Um, okay, so for me, there are a couple of things I wanted to talk about right before we started recording. Um, I watched a video clip of Taco Fall dominating in China. Did not know that that was a thing that was going on. Shots to Taco Fall. Uh, have you seen the period a uh, pretty period uh TikToks? No. You what? should watch this. There's I I don't remember her name, but there's I think she's from from the UK, but she goes period a uh, pretty uh, period uh it's the weirdest video ever like a million trillion views on TikTok. Make sure you watch that. Um, it's not that relevant, but you should watch it. Um, <laughs> what else did I want to talk about? Uh, before we started recording, I saw a tweet about there potentially being some OB top and trade rumors going around Oof. or something like, you know, he's the one guy to look out for that might request a trade because of X, Y, and Z. I absolutely hate that. Josh and I are big OB fans. Josh is more, you know, I, Hey Josh, I give you, I give you the props. You were in on OB before I was, I famously on different pods with Corey actually questioned the selection of OB top and at number eight for the Knicks. But now I love him because he's one of our, our own and we love our own. Right. He's one of our own. Yeah. Yeah. The last thing I want to talk about was uh, House of the Dragon. If you guys uh, have not watched House of the Dragon season one just wrapped on HBO, I'm actually going to be talking about one of the characters on that show in my piece. I will be dropping later this week or actually on Thursday for NoSealings.com. I'm going to be talking about Brandon Miller and comparing comparing him to Aemon Targaryen, who was probably, in my opinion, I I don't know, Josh, you may feel differently. I, I really thought he was one of the most interesting characters on the show because of everything that he wasn't even like the main, uh, he, he wasn't one of the co-leads like it was like Rhaenyra and um, Allison, but I thought she, he was really, really important. And I thought they did a lot of interesting things with his character and I enjoyed that a lot. So anyway, if you guys have not watched House of the Dragon, the hell are you doing? Go get an HBO Max subscription if you can't afford it. 
DM me and I will, I can't help you. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not that rich <laughs> to get you an HBO subscription. Truth be told, Josh and I are actually sharing subscriptions because, you know, Woo! that's life. You know, you, you, you got to share. It's hard it. out here. It's hard out here, man. We live in LA where gas is $9 a gallon. You know, we, we try to make things work. Damn, we we just gave all this spiel on like making players million of uh, millionaires from all this money, and we're talking about sharing HBO Max. This makes us look weak, bruh. What hey, are we doing? Hey, watch Rings of Power on Amazon gotta, Prime. We have to. Stop I also can't help you there because I'm sharing an account with someone else. <laughs> with my with my dad, with my dad, with my dad. Better. Uh, that way. I personally couldn't get into Rings of Power. We've talked about this. Just watch it, watch it. But it. you're such a Rings, you Lord of the Rings guy. Like that's like a part of your personality. Yeah, another YouTube premium uh, recommendation, Nerd of the Rings. Oh it's a video God. essay channel on Lord Guys, of the Rings lore. Please don't watch it. Don't watch it. We're trying that. to get we're trying to get we're trying to get Kate on on uh, next season two of Rings of Power. How about that? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> He's just what's he gonna be? An org? What's, what, what? He can an be an elf, elf bro. Yeah. There's black elves now. No, but okay. are they that tall? That's why the queen died. <laughs> Aren't elves? They're, I don't know. they're they fantastical tall? creatures. They could be as tall as they want. There's talking trees. What are we talking about? Bro? <laughs> they're fantastical <laughs> creatures. <laughs> you don't think Kate can be in Lord of the Rings? Jeez, maybe. Maybe. Okay. He can't. He can't be a dwarf though. For he sure. He could be Sauron. I don't, I don't give a care. Oh, make it. put him in. Oh, there. that's a good one. Pat Beverly will be Sauron. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Or Taco Fall. Um. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say something else, but you. You totally threw me off with this Rings of Power stuff. No one cares about Rings of Power. Can you yeah, take that off, please? It's an incredible show. <laughs> it's an incredible feat of filmmaking. Uh, but okay, guys. Um, I think we'll wrap it here before you guys get bored of our nonsense. Um, but this is kind of what our pod is going to be like. These are two guys who like a lot of things. We're into a lot of things, Josh. We really are. Is this nerd culture? Is this how you define nerd culture? Um, or are we cooler than that? Tell me. I'd like to think we're cooler than that, but we probably aren't. You know, like who talks about it like this, right? No, it's cool. Honestly, like Albert and I are here because we, again, our friends don't want to listen to us talk about this stuff, but we generally, I literally, this is like where I get like a lot of pleasure and joy from. It's like talking about this, like, (laughs) boss, excuse you, pleasure. Um, I want to be pleasured in these Mm. conversations, you know? So, um, um it's so trojan sponsored the pod you know we're looking for sponsors i, I don't know if we have to run that by core yet mm, pleasure partners let's go pleasure partners yeah. new segment new segment alert oh. wait did we even talk about the name of the podcast we're we gonna save that for another episode well i mean we haven't decided right maybe maybe our fans we already have fans that's where we are we already have fans of the pod maybe you guys can help us what was your favorite one big baller brand big no <laughs> <laughs> I literally wrote, I came to that conclusion of Big Baller uh-huh. Brand, and I was like, I think I found it. And then I was like, oh my God, am I LeVar Ball? Right <laughs> you <now>? are. <laughs> you, never Jesus. lost. Never lost. Never lost. I, I think my favorite so far was Ringmaker, like the Ringmaker podcast. I think that's cool. Yeah. You don't because like Because it. it's where Lord of the Rings podcast. Oh, actually, no, no, yeah. I messed up already. No, Ringmaker like Kingmaker, like exactly. Matt Carter is a Kingmaker. Mm-hmm. Rich Kleiman is trying to be a Kingmaker. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, we will we'll workshop it a little bit. We'll get no. you guys something good. But if you have we, thoughts, we want to talk about players and make them into ring wearers. That sounds stupid. That sounds <laughs> it sounds dumb. like so Lord of the Rings. 
Anyway, we'll work on it. Yeah, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. But okay, guys. Um, before we go, just want to plug a couple of things. Uh, number one, thank you for joining us for episode one. I know this was kind of all over the place, but this is who we are as people. Please love us as you love anybody. As Tyler Rooker always loved to say, "Yelly, everyone love everyone." Right. So please uh, continue to support our pod and all that we're doing. Continue to support the No Ceilings NBA Podcast Network. We've got look. We love our fans. We love our listeners. We love our supporters. We are dropping content every single day. And remind you guys, the college basketball season hasn't even started. We're seven days away. We're a week away now. Maybe six by the time you hear this. Maybe five. Don't know. But we're getting closer and closer. But we're dropping content every single day. This week on the website, we're dropping, we're continuing our series of conference previews. I believe the SEC one went out earlier this morning. Also, uh, we're dropping written content every single day, whether it's Stephen Gillespie on the weekend with Weekend Warrior, Nathan Grubel with his uh, Morning Dunk, or um, Maxwell Bombag, whoever. We've got guys dropping content every single day, including myself, who will be dropping a piece on Thursday. As I mentioned earlier, shameless plug again, please read it because when I write, it's good is not something I should ever say, but please listen to it. We really appreciate all of that. And also, guys, uh, as a reminder, uh, this pod, we're going to have different hosts every single week. uh, So continue to tune in and like. Like our written work, we have pods dropping every single day. Also, make sure to follow us on our socials. We are on TikTok. We had a video last week. I have like 80,000 views, so we're growing and followers are growing. Uh, follow us on YouTube as well. Our YouTube channel and our YouTube shorts have been doing great as well. Follow us everywhere because the more no ceilings content you have in your life, the better your life will be. Is something a really smart man once said to me but it never happened but um yeah before we go josh if you can plug yourself one last time and then we will leave yeah this uh this has been josh lee (laughs) (laughs) at josh on instagram um Mm -hmm. on twitter is leezy pass l-e-e-z pass p-a-s-s brilliant uh lafc my 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 club my one true love is playing in the mls cup final this saturday Well, wish us luck. Send us, send us powers. Send us prayer. Send wow. us uh, magic, um, and uh, we'll prevail. And uh, I also have another soccer kind of culture podcast called FCFC Pod. FCFC Pod um, that talks about the the culture of Los Angeles and the culture of soccer through uh, black and gold tinted lens, as we like to mm-hmm. say. So um, yeah, listen out for that. Look out for that. And uh, excited for what uh, this podcast turns into. Yeah. I feel like it combines a lot of my love, so mm. including yeah. Albert, who I love. Mm. Mm. Love me, love, love Albert. <laughs> All right, guys, we appreciate you rocking with us this week. We'll be back in a couple of weeks, and until then, uh, stay beautiful because Josh really loves his beautiful people. All right, we love you guys. Peace. Handsome. <laughs>